0: Yeah, I'm a teacher now.
1: You are. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. <laughs> TikTok teacher.
0: <laughs> By the way, who loves to watch their TikToks more than oh. themselves?
1: We love to watch our own- I could watch my whole feed as a movie.
0: <laughs> I'm 62 and you're 26. I love a numbers thing. I just got excited. She does.
1: I do love a numbers thing. So when I'm making those kinds of videos, it's very organic and free. And I don't feel like self-conscious at all, because I'm like, I'm just talking to mom right now in this video.
0: Look, I'm getting like teary now. You are. This is like embarrassing. It's okay. It's a good thing we're only on audio. It is. I think
1: we're the funniest people on earth. I'm like, sell me out on all the arenas. I'm gonna do stand up comedy and I'm gonna make (laughs) the world (laughs) laugh. That's how I feel. I think you would be so funny.
0: (laughs) It would be hilarious. As you know, we are more than just a mother-daughter duo. We are best friends, business partners, dance partners, and more. Despite living on opposite sides of the country, we talk every single day, multiple times a day. (laughs) And yes, we talk about?
1: We talk about it all. Work, life, social media, shopping, family, hopes, dreams, goals, nothing's off the table, and we're inviting you to the chat. This is yours truly, a glimpse into what goes on behind the TikToks and inside our conversations together even the extremely long tangents.
0: And when you join the chat, you're not just a listener, you're officially part of the family.
1: All right, cute.
0: Quite simply, we would not be where we are today without social media, right, Julie? Correct. (laughs) We are going to talk through our social media journeys.
1: For Helen, how her expertise as a professional TV commercial director led her to educating millions on TikTok. Before she found her niche as the TikTok teacher, there was a lot of content experimentation.
0: And Julie, how her strategic mindset used social media as a way to land full time jobs. We go back to the beginning, well, really just 2020, to explore how social media has changed our lives. All right, so let's kick it off. Um, where let's talk about our social media beginnings, Julie? Shall we? Yes, we shall. I actually would love to start even before 2020 when I got on TikTok. Yeah. So prior to that, having been in the business of commercial directing and all the things that I do with interviewing and etc. I think that my Instagram had started to evolve. Mm-hmm. I decided to start a- experimenting on my Instagram. And you remember when I was doing those interviews, I'd like pull people mm-hmm. over on the street. I was like, let me just kind of practice interviewing. And I thought I would get better at my job if I started doing that and posting it on social media. And that is when I really started to develop a following on my Instagram.
1: Yeah. But even before that, you were on social media first. You were like the first. In the f- I mean, I know we joked that Jonathan was the first, but you were really the first on social media.
0: I really did. Whenever um, I would be working with people and they'd talk about Facebook or Instagram, I was, I've been on Facebook since 2007, which is pretty early adopter for someone my age. And then I think it was 2011 when somebody on my crew mentioned Instagram and I was right away, my ears perked up and I was like, oh, what's Instagram? I had to get myself right in it. And I posted my first Instagram photo that day of a mothership hat at the time. Oh
1: my gosh. I remember, I remember that? that. I do. Somebody put <laughs> it beanies? on. The
0: beanies? Yes. The beanies. Yeah. It was so funny. It was cute. So. She She's still. I'm still in touch with her. And she, uh, Sof- Sophia, was my first beanie wearer. yeah. Sophie. All right. So when I first started doing Instagram, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just posting pictures, and it was a lot of fun. But as the app evolved, and as I got more comfortable on it, I started doing more video content. And that's when the interviews really took their own life. And I would talk to people on the street. And then I went on that infamous trip to Italy.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you remember? You that? really did. On that trip to Italy, you interviewed so many random people. And it was honestly hilarious as a viewer because you were on a trip with dad and dad was in zero pieces of content across like a 10 day trip across Italy. And it was just you and random Italians
0: all over your feed. (laughs) So funny. And, you know, it was funny, too. I had so much engagement on my Instagram at that time because that's when people really started to follow and get invested in the different people I was interviewing and what was who was I going to meet tomorrow? How was I going to engage in a conversation with them? And I just started to really have fun with it.
1: Yeah, you did have a lot of fun. I was I was still uh, shy back then, so I didn't really, I don't know, care for the on-the-street interviews, but I still supported it. I was there. I was ready. I was ready to be your camera woman at all times, but... I was definitely a little less, uh,
0: you're like, what is she doing? I'm like, what Oh is- my God, I
1: need to run away. If you were, if we were in New York together and you would, you'd be like, I want to go talk to that person. I would, I think I would like sprint in the other direction sometimes. I'd be like, okay, I'll see you home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
0: changed a little bit. It has changed. Okay, I well. think
1: when I first, I first joined Instagram cause I got really into photography and you told me that Brandy told you about Instagram. Oh I remember my God. That. I was on Instagram before you. Yeah. Oh, Wow. So I got on and I was just, po- I mean, I was like, what, like yeah. 14, 15? Well, so like. What
0: were you in 2011? You were in freshman in high school, probably. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I was just posting pictures of like flowers. At that point, like nobody in school had had right. Instagram. It wasn't until like junior or senior year. And that's when everybody started getting on social media. And uh-huh. it was like, oh, are you? Did he follow you back? <laughs> right, and see that's the difference
0: when, with our with our generations yeah. and being on social media. So I had more confidence to just put myself out there, whereas you were still in the judgmental years of yeah. your life. Don't you? I'm
1: I'm really glad that Instagram didn't come and be like full popularity until college because right. I feel like a lot of people in high school and even college you would like curate your picture and it was like how many likes did you get and you know. I just wanted to post pictures that I liked, but I was like, oh, this isn't going to get a lot of likes, so I'm not going to post it.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I think about it, I didn't think about my posts as much, whereas younger generations, where it was the curating, it was like, is this my best angle? Is this my best shot? Even when I was posting pictures of myself and of course I care what I look like I don't want to look like a schlub you know what I mean <laughs> I just want to even though sometimes now I do look like a schlub I've really crossed over at this point but seriously at the time though I was not so worried about it and I feel like if I was younger I would have been more worried about it so mm-hmm. I can understand the different pressures that generations have with regard to social media and I wish that I could give you all the confidence I have now so that you could have it now. Cause it's, it would be such an advantage if I could go back in time.
1: I know if you could just like inject 12 year old Julie with like your confidence now, or even like 26 year old yes. Julie confidence. Yes. Would be, I, would, I think about that a lot. How it would be so, it would be so different if I had, I mean, I, I know that's part of the, you know, experience, Yes. but I would, things would be different. Yeah. You have to
0: live your own journey and you have to gain confidence the way you're going to do it. But since we're doing this, I have noticed a big change in you over the past few years. For real. I mean, when <laughs> we first jumped into TikTok in 2020, when the pandemic hit, and I was doing my random, you know, we were doing the the dance offs on our yeah. story, and then we were both like, we should get on TikTok with this. This would yeah. be fun. And we we were doing those work from home outfits, outfits, yeah, dances. And then I was trying to one up you, and you trying to one up me. That's when I think our audience got invested in us as a team. Yeah, because they were always looking to you to see what you were going to post about me and mm-hmm. how you were going to come back, how we were going to come back at each other. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was a little bit of an evolution.
1: That was like the beginning of the new chapter, I think.
0: Yeah, it really was. And so let's talk about that a little bit. When I, when I first had no work during the pandemic and we were home and we thought it was going to be a couple of weeks... <laughs> And I was doing a lot of baking, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to start making videos of myself baking in the kitchen." And I was doing like household tips and spraying my refrigerator with Pledge. They're going to come at me for that one, but uh, the stainless is really good to clean with Pledge. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I, you know, that's when I started to go viral with, with videos on TikTok and grew a following. You know the whole story.
1: I know the whole story. I was going to say, like, how? Why do you think you grew as fast as you did? Because you, you at one point, I remember. Over Christmas one year, I think in Christmas 2020, I got you balloons because you hit 25,000 right. followers. Right. And then by May of 2021, you had 250,000 followers. It's crazy. So, that was I a mean, crazy story. Like, why do you think that happened? <laughs> um, I think that because I
0: wasn't. I mean, a lot of people said at the time, you have to be in a niche. And I wasn't in a niche. So I was doing, you might say I was doing baking content, but then in between baking content, I would do a household tip. And then in between that, we, we would do a dance off. So I never really stayed in a lane. And I always con- was uh, listening to these gurus on TikTok saying, you know, find a niche. And I'm like, I, I think I'm my niche, like doing whatever I feel like doing. But that wasn't what people were talking about and people were pushing on the platform at the time. They were suggesting that you pick a lane and stay in the lane. And I (laughs) didn't do that. So why... The growth happened so quickly. I think it was because people got on board with me and what was I going to do next. Today mm-hmm. I'm baking. Tomorrow I'm household tipping. The next day I'm having a little dance-off with a random stranger in New York City when we were able to get back to you know, <laughs> not mask, non-mask life. But it was interesting because during that whole masking time where we couldn't interact with people, I felt lost. Because I couldn't interview people anymore. So that's why this new outlet of creating my own content and not depending on someone else for it was a big change and a big leap for me in social media, I think.
1: And what led you to start your tutorials? Oh,
0: good question. So let's talk about Pammy Cakes (laughs) because I love to talk about her. When I was making TikToks in the kitchen and doing my other random stuff, the one thing that I had an edge up on was how to create content, because my whole background is in production. So I know how to do editing. I know how to edit a tight story, how to tell a story in videos. I I knew how to do those transitions that were, quote, magic to everyone else watching these TikToks. Oh my gosh, how'd they do that? How'd they make that outfit change? I had the advantage to knowing instinctively through production how that was done. So the minute I saw it and I knew how it was done and I could break it down and do it myself, I had people asking me, Oh my God, how did you know how to do that? How did you figure that out? And I was like, oh, I'll make you a tutorial. (laughs) So one of my followers, Pammy Cakes, is the one who asked me, I was doing something with the uh, inverted filter and she was trying to figure it out. And I said, oh, I'll show you. I'll make a tutorial for you. And that tutorial went viral and put me on the map, really, on TikTok Mm -hmm. in that whole new area of being a teacher. And what I did was listen to the comments. I read the comments. They were calling me the TikTok teacher. Oh my gosh, our teacher's here. If you had taught me calculus, I'd be in a different place in my life right now. So there was some really fun things that were coming out in the comment section, and that's the one thing I grabbed onto. I was like, I'm taking these very smart people in the comments, information, and I'm using it. So I immediately revamped my bio to be the TikTok teacher, and, a, and I took it on as a brand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what jettisoned me, because I immediately accepted it. Like, yes, this is my role here. I finally figured it out, and I put it on the map, and I put it on my bio. <laughs> <laughs> you just self-branded. I did. It was know, fun. cute. <laughs> I'm glad you did. It was fun. It's even been said, and I have the receipts, the digital receipts to prove it, that TikTok came into one of my lives and said, our teacher's here. And I thought, that's huge, you know, that TikTok even recognized that I was teaching on the platform, and that felt really good. The one thing I didn't want to do, and you know this, is stop doing my other content. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that? Do you think that hindered me from growth? What's your thoughts on the fact that I kept doing things outside?
1: No, I think it made your audience more... more, I think it made your audience more loyal to you because you were like ahead of the game in terms of that, like the huge authenticity wave. Mm-hmm. You were like way ahead of the curve and showing the behind the scenes or life before all the other influencers started doing it and before all the other content creators were, you know, sharing a day in their life or sharing about their family. I feel like before that, a lot of them were just right. posting their curated content. And it really started to get real in like 2021, I mean, even in 2020, but Mm -hmm. now it's like you have to be authentic. Yeah, that's a big thing now. And I,
0: I was thinking about that because I was like that was such a that was such a not big thing when mm-hmm. we first when I first started and we first started on TikTok, everybody was pushing that you have to stay in one lane, and I was like I'm not doing it. And I just yeah. but partly because I didn't care. I wasn't there to build a brand. It yeah. came by it came by accident maybe, but I it wasn't my goal. I uh, my goal on social media was just to have fun and have a creative outlet while I was not busy with work and if I think about this now if we didn't have the pandemic this would have never happened to me no because I was too busy producing and directing and thinking about when I was going to get the next production and figuring out where I was going to find my next gig yeah and now that was off the table and I was handed free time to be freely creative Mm -hmm. which brings us to why we have creative Fridays on our business right having free time to be creative might spur on things that you never even knew were inside you yeah
1: I love creative Fridays, right? They're the best. The best day of the week. They're the best. <laughs> Let's
0: just define creative Fridays. So what we do together in socialize our business together, which we are going to address fully on another podcast on another episode. But let's just touch on it right now. So we've decided to implement Creative Fridays into our work week.
1: And that's because when I onboarded or when onboarded, when I came to work for you, I said that I wanted a four day work week so that I could spend Fridays working on creative projects that weren't related to work because it's something that I missed being in a full time job was not having time to dedicate to my other creative projects that I you know, didn't really feel motivated to do on the weekend. So I really wanted to make sure that I had space carved out for these projects. And that was like really, that was really important to me.
0: So let's go and talk about how you grew on social media. Your, your following is nothing to sneeze at. You're doing well.
1: I try. (laughs) (laughs) It's,
0: it's chump change compared to you, (laughs) but it's not compared to most. I know that's the difficulty. And I don't, I don't, I feel like I credit you for not getting, um, I say concerned about that and just continuing to do your thing. And that shows me what a strong soul you are and like how strong you have a belief in yourself that you're not
1: comparing yourself and you can't compare yourself. No, we're doing totally different things. I think people have asked me if I'm like jealous of your following and I always tell them no, (laughs) because I'm more proud than jealous and excited that you have gotten so far on social media. I know that like, my, I also have a following it's not as big but it's still a quality following and you know anyone who's following you is not anything to sneeze at whether it's one follower, 10 followers, yeah. hundred fo- like 100,000 followers. So.
0: I always say if 20,000, you have 20-something thousand followers now, if you had 20,000 people in your house, you certainly wouldn't be able to fit them there. That's a lot of people. It's yeah. nothing to sneeze at. And again, follower numbers are delusional to some extent. All these people don't see all your content every single day, yeah. even, no matter how many followers you have. So it's really just that loyalty that is what gives you joy mm-hmm. from, from social media when you see the comments from people that you know are, are with you,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Uh, Yeah. So I started TikTok back in 2020 with you. I started a page to do our dance-offs, just explore the app. I had recently been furloughed from a job because of the pandemic. So I also had a lot of free time and just spent that time making a lot of TikTok content and exploring. But I really got into food TikTok. And at the end of 2020, decided I wanted to create a whole new page. And I wanted to just focus on food and I wanted to be just a foodie on social media. And I made a plan. I made a strategy. I produced the first few pieces of content. I had a plan. I was I, I just I really had a plan. And this was my goal was to be a food content creator, to get sponsorships with food brands, to make recipes, maybe develop a book like that's where I was going in right. 2021. And I did that. And within three months, I grew my following to over 10,000 followers. I had multiple viral videos. I'd hit, like, millions of views on one of my videos. And did you get work from it? Like, were you able to get work from that? I'm just curious. Yes, but not in the way you would expect to get work. So I didn't immediately get brand deals, you know. Um, I didn't immediately get sponsorships or collaborations there was a lot of like we'll send you product and you make this for free and you know coming from a background of being a photographer and a graphic designer i knew the time the value and the worth of creating this kind of content and i wasn't willing to like shell myself out for a hundred dollars right so i kept freelancing on the side as a graphic designer working for you on projects and eventually landed a full-time job as like a food content creator and creative strategist. At a food marketing agency, so I kind of took this like untraditional route <laughs> mm-hmm. of using social media to get paid, but not just through sponsorships or collaborations. But I actually got a full time job from it because I had a massive portfolio of food content that was successful. Yeah, that landed me the job. I, well,
0: you know more than anyone that user generated content and people creating the videos is a huge need in the marketplace mm-hmm. right now. I mean. There's so many people that I talk to that would love to have someone to create their content. I mean, that's yeah. facts. So the jobs are out there for co- mm-hmm. people who want to do that. It's just a grind.
1: It's a grind to like try and get those kinds of clients, and a lot and of the to time, keep the
0: content going. Keep
1: the content going for yourself. To keep the content going for clients. To keep the content going. To kind of defend your worth. Right. To people
0: right and they and a lot of people don't realize how long it takes yes. for some of the videos especially when it's food related because you're planning you're shopping you're planning recipes you're planning shots you're it's the prep it's the cleanup it's like there's so much involved there's with so making a food involved. video certainly a lot more involved than me making a simple tutorial with my stylus and my you know phone <laughs> I mean really and those take time yeah I'm not going to belittle that but I just before you go on I have to mention this your first TikTok account the other one mm-hmm you had a fo- you had Rosie O'Donnell follow it yeah. because your personality was in that mm-hmm. that page. Like you were before you decided to switch to this like strongly focused what they were recommending mm-hmm. niche type thing, you were showing so much of yourself and doing these funny relatable videos about living in Chicago and visiting New Jersey and, I mean this you had so much value on that page mm-hmm. that it's interesting to me now to think that you've, you've leapt over to a new feed, you created that feed, but now you've almost circled gone, all I'm the way I'm all the way back, I'm i love all the way back. That. I love I love it. I know because.
1: Because I missed it in a I weird know. way in your food page. I know, I think I just, I got so burnt out from making food content that I didn't want to, I didn't want to touch a freaking like I used, the whole reason I started my account was because I loved to bake, I loved desserts, and that was what my account was all about. And I got to this point where I absolutely hated baking. And baking was like an area for me, especially during the pandemic, doing more complex things, teaching myself different techniques, like learning how to make pastry and croissants. And I started to realize that I hated it.
0: Yes, what you <laughs> loved. what
1: I loved, I hated it. Oh, it was just like so, sad. so sad. And I got – I did get really sad about it because I'm, I'm like, oh. It is sad. I used to love – like this is the thing that used to bring me joy and now it brings me like – anxiety. Yeah. Because I am also spending so much time and some of them just don't hit, which right. is fine. Right. But when you spend hours and hours. Yes. <laughs> and hours. And it's, it's like, like forget the filming plus the editing. The, point. <laughs> the editing is time consuming. And I was making these food videos, not on my phone, but on my camera. Right. Like I had a full lighting beautiful, set up.
0: Beautiful lighting. Right. It
1: just it was it was a lot. Yeah. And I got extremely burnt out, and that's what I think, you know, started the shift going back to my, like, more personality-driven content. Right, which I love. And (laughs) I will say – actually, I'll save it
0: for later. I'll save it for later. Okay, save it for later. I want to say that when you do your personality-driven content, it's, like, without a care. And that's the fun part of – of people who get so in their lane and they're going to do this and this is their mission and this is their goal. They're just not going to have fun after a while because you become so focused on your mission that you forget that this was supposed to be fun, yeah, and I was I think I was telling you this when I was in a sauna recently, and I was listening actually <laughs> listening to a podcast in a sauna, and they were talking about like if you didn't have to work, if you have if you had all the money that you needed and you didn't have to d- do a job. And so what would you do? And I took stock on the on my my life and my outlets while I was laying in the sauna, and I was like, all right, would I continue to direct TV commercials? You know, probably not because of the client stuff and the pre-pro meetings and like early shoot days and I'm not really a morning person as a rule. No. (laughs) I like to be up late at night. I'll do the night shoots but it's like I probably would let that go but I would not give up teaching TikTok which is Mm -hmm. really weird to me because that was a big epiphany. I was like, yeah, I'd still feel motivated and why? Because of the followers, because of the audience, because of the quote students that I love to <laughs> like, when they get something and they learn something and then they get excited and they do it and they tag me and I'm like celebrating for them that they were able to do a transition that they weren't able to do. So I like that breakthrough. I think I probably should have been a teacher in another life. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. I probably should have been.
1: I mean, that's facts. Yeah, I'm a teacher now. You are <laughs> self proclaimed <laughs> <laughs> TikTok teacher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> love and life. <laughs> Um, Now I'm the Instagram teacher, too, though, so we've, like, crossed over.
1: (laughs) We've crossed over.
0: So for people who are just starting out on social media, and let's say they have a goal, and it's not just, whoo-hoo, we're here to have fun. Let's say they have a mission, and you're the strategist. You're the, (laughs) you know, the brains behind the operation, I like to say. (laughs) We'll talk about that in another episode for sure. But what would your advice be to them of how to make it fun even though they have a purpose? What do you think? Can it still be fun to do your
1: purpose-driven content and, and how? I think so. I think you have to find ways to keep it fun, even if you are trying to, you know, have a purpose with your content, have a directive, have a goal. I think there's it's important to leave pockets, leave pieces of content that are TBD, leave pieces of content that you make in the moment that are fun mm-hmm. and that are the ones that bring you joy. So... You know, when I'm talking to clients like, like Grace um, <laughs> and we're talk- we're strategizing content, I'm thinking of ideas of your content pillars. I'm thinking how can you strategize your content? How can you plan it out? How can you really, like, achieve your goals? Like, who's your target audience and what kind of content do you need to make to, like, hit your target audience and convert them? But I think if you still want to have fun with it, you don't plan every single post. Right you leave posts for fun. You leave posts where you can just have enjoyment. You know, if you have this goal, you kind of need to go in knowing your fun posts might not perform well because they're hitting your target audience that's already following you. Right. But those are the posts for you. And I think that's what I missed when I was doing my food content was I wasn't leaving in room to have fun as like a 20 year old on social media. I love it. Part of my experience and like my perspective I mean, I've, I, I feel very – I'm young. I'm 26. I haven't, like, been a professional for very long, but I've been in social media for, like, as long as I've been out of college at this right. point. So I feel like after working in social media for so many years and, you know, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, I'm in, so, I'm in social media and I'm thinking about how can I help a client get more views? How can I help – how can I make a piece of content that's going to go viral? How can we strategize this person's piece of content? So when I flip the switch to go to my own content – I feel like I'm going back to the roots of like the purpose of social media and I'm having fun. I'm just like building community. I have no I have no purpose on my own TikTok except to have fun. And I think especially if you work in social media and you're maybe more behind the scenes, I think you need to allow yourself to have that fun because you can get so caught up in like oh my God, my client's stuff isn't doing well. Like this right. is doing well. I'm making all this content for these and I'm going to work, perform, whatever. But if you have time to experiment and make your own content, play with the silly trends that like a client or your boss are never going to let you post.
0: I think one of the fun things that we're doing right now with the creative forecast is is exactly that. Like we are almost experimenting with trends and content ideas so that we can help others easily have a weekly plan by Mm -hmm. sending that out. So and we'll we'll put that we do send out this weekly email that that goes out to whoever wants it. And it's it's honestly like I've been a lifesaver to a lot of people. But I want to address what you said about the fun part not performing well. Okay, because, Mm -hmm. you know the queen over here, the TikTok teacher, I when I put those tutorials out, they immediately get saves. And saves and favoriting immediately gives you higher engagement. So typically, any tutorial I put out does pretty well. But I spend so much time sometimes creating like I'm in New York and I see these like I'm at an event and I'm like, I am going to document this whole thing and I'm going to string together these shots and make this what I think is a fabulous music video of my experience <laughs> at something in the city. And it gets like, So little views. And it could tend to be discouraging for someone. But for me, I literally enjoy that so much that I'm not discouraged when I put it out there. I'm like, oh, well, you know, the people who saw it enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and they got it and they appreciated it. And I gave somebody a window into that experience.
1: Mm -hmm. I've gotten to this point where when I'm making my like fun content that has, you know, I know content should bring value to my audience, have a CTA, it should be like something they want to save or share to a friend, but you're like, sometimes I just want to make a fun freaking video yes. That's like bops to the beat of yes. music, <laughs> and it's like, I think it goes back to, I love that so I much, I think it goes back to just like oh. wanting to be creative and like putting out work that makes you happy is really important, like we can talk about this maybe on the next episode or whatever, as a creative person, like you need to put out work that you like, you know is not going to be well received, not in like a bad way, just it's not gonna get a lot of views because it's something that brings me joy. Like right. And it just does it
0: still brings me joy. Like yeah. I by the way, who loves to watch their TikToks more than themselves? Ugh.
1: We love to watch our I could videos. watch my whole feed as a movie.
0: It's I wanna true. string them
1: all together. <laughs> I sit there at night and I just re-watch watch it. Them. I just want to see it. It's when crazy. I make a good video, ugh, I could I yes. I'm my own biggest fan, and I
0: don't think it's self-serving. No. I or self like whatever ego. I think it's just so it just speaks that to us that we're doing what we love because it's, we love watching it it's, ourselves. <laughs> it's
1: fulfilling. It it's is. fulfilling to be a creative person and, like, be really proud of the work you put out. I think that's what it's it is. so true. Oh, and I, I think a lot of times people think social media, it's like, not creative it's like oh, you're just posting on social media like oh no, no it's like it's... it takes a lot of work to make a video and put it to music and add titles and make it funny and interesting and engaging so sometimes when you just like make something that makes you happy yes. like go for it
0: this is why we are such a great team because when I make a video and I'm like sometimes I make it without the music on it and then I throw with music on like I'll put a sh- bunch of you shots did this together, last night and I did it last night to Julie I was like look at this I just made this whole video and it just it hits the beats hits every beat. Look at this. And I get so excited. You would think like, you would think I just like, uh, you know, what a director would like a feature film or produce a Super Bowl commercial. I get so freaking excited about it. You know,
1: know. when when I have a good edit, I feel like (laughs) it's everything. I'm unstoppable. It's everything. (laughs) I feel like the queen, like, okay, when Tommy and Jenna, my brother and his fiance, when they got engaged and I made that video, I thought that was like an Oscar-winning <laughs> video. Like, I think that is like the height of film when I made this. Yes, <laughs> I know it's not, but like to me, why, the fact that it made multiple people cry. Oh. And I know it's like an emotional moment, but like still, like anyone, I was one of the anyone people can crying. like film, and it. So I feel like this is getting like anyone can film someone getting engaged, and it can like make someone emotional. But it's is it going to elicit as much emotion as me putting together like here's the process, here's the getting ready, here's the perfect Taylor Swift song in the background. And like, if you know Jenna, you know she loves Taylor Swift. (laughs) You know, Tommy, you know, this has been months in the making, like, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's like so
0: it's really just like telling the story. So it is. And, and this is the thing that was is kind of cool about us. Oftentimes, because we're family, we are experiencing the same things. Mm-hmm. And because we're both content creators <laughs> by nature, we end up sometimes recounting our own version of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you did a video. I did a video. Our videos are very different our perspectives on that. You were there, so obviously you have, and, and you shared with me some of those photos but that, and videos so that I can make my own version of it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see both because we tell it from our own lens. Yeah. And it's, that's what I think social media allows you to do. Like you think, oh, I'm doing the same thing as everyone else. No, you're not. You're not. Nearly you're doing not. your version. Exactly. exactly. So Julie, what has been the best part of your social media journey?
1: Okay. I think you might already know this. I don't know. No, you do. I don't. Okay. I think the best part of my social media journey has been the confidence that I've gained over the past two years to not really care what other people think about me and just like put out the content. Because, I mean, you know me growing up. You were always like, just you do you. Don't look like everybody else. Like, you don't need the same pair of shoes as everybody, like, always telling me to be to the sound of my own drum, and I always kind of did that, but very quietly, and very much like I'm going to beat to my own drum, but I'm not going to beat it loud enough so anyone can hear me. <laughs> but now I just not that I don't care.
0: No, we all care. I hate I, when people say they don't care. That's yeah, a lie. It's
1: like I don't. You, and that's not care. that I don't care. You take it in, and
0: then you let it go.
1: I care, but I don't uh, care about your opinion. Or your opinion, or your opinion. I care about my opinion. Do I like the piece? The piece of content. Do I think it's funny? Do I? Did I enjoy myself?
0: Yes. That's... Oh, you have a better, you have a better thought on that than even I do. Because I always think, of course, I care. I care. You know that I, I don't wanna look stupid, even though have, a lot of times I do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. But so I care, but it's not enough for me to stop me from doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I. I may care, like, do I want to look nice on? Do I want to look presentable? Did I pick out this out of your closet today because I <laughs> wanted to look good today? But I don't, I don't beat myself up to the point where it affects what I'm going to do. I I care enough to make me want to better myself, but I'm not taking hateful things in and and believing them. I'm believing at the core who I am. And that's what you're doing. And to do that at a young age is like, I, I think that's so much harder. It's a lot easier for me at 61 to do that than it is for you at 26. I think it's really funny because... Oh, I'm 62 and you're 26. Wait. Back it up. We're flipped.
1: That's funny.
0: I just realized that. I'm 62 and you're 26. I love a numbers thing. I just got excited. Does.
1: I do love a numbers thing. Um, a funny thing that I would say, kind of relating back to my point of like, I really enjoy the confidence that I've gained throughout this experience is that a lot of people from our hometown follow you on social media Mm. especially like the moms the parents and a lot of people i started a new instagram when i went to college so i like blank slate (laughs) right but i think it's hilarious that people from our hometown will comment be like julie's so funny julie's so this julie's so that because i like to coin that in high school i was aggressively quiet (laughs) that's right i I was so quiet (laughs) you were So I think it's really funny to see it almost from that lens, like people from my hometown did not know that I was like this. And this was always there. It just was not there in public.
0: Do you feel that your social media self and your real self are more merged?
1: I think they are. Okay.
0: I know you're like... I just want, I'm just telling you, like, I see you on social media, you're completely free. And everybody I know that sees you, they're like, my God, she's hilarious. She's funny. She's like, she she just has like a freedom about her. And I feel like, do you feel that way every day in life? Or does does social media help you bring that out in yourself?
1: I mean, I feel like sometimes I enjoy posting on social media and being more free because I like... Make it in the comfort of my own home, right? And like, and by myself. I also think the reason I'm so free on social media is that when I'm making a piece of content, I imagine I'm either talking to you or I'm talking to Stephen, my oh. boyfriend, the two people who I feel the closest with, and the, like my that I can be my most true self with, oh, you know. Beautiful. So when I'm making those kinds of videos, it's very organic and free, and I don't feel like self-conscious at all because I'm like. I'm just talking to mom right now in this video.
0: Oh my god. You know, I'm going to cry.
1: No. <laughs> but like when I'm on the street, I don't know. I think they're the same person. I think it's just like once I'm at a comfort level with somebody,
0: you could just completely be yourself. Person. Yeah, you completely can be yourself. Yeah, I can see that.
1: But I think the funny part is when I
0: I I think part of what makes social media so good for us, well number one, it's something that we completely meet on Mm -hmm. because I get the humor of the audios, I get the whole like, I like to call them video memes when we're Mm -hmm. actually doing those trends and it's like really like a meme come to life, some of those trends when you put the titles on it. You're so clever. I think you're so funny. The way, even when we were going to touch on the cancer in another in another episode, <laughs> but even when we had that really funny thing where we laughed all day about all day. making this one video that we thought it was dark humor, it was hilarious. Might have been too early in the cancer journey, but we put it out there and we thought we were the funniest people ever. And that's the one thing that you and I have that when we make content together and we both both meet on the humor of it, it is the best thing. It we is. think
1: we're the funniest people on earth. I'm like. Sell me out on all the arenas. I'm going to do stand-up comedy and I'm going to make That's the world I mean. laugh. That's how I feel. I think you would be so funny. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Oh my gosh! Ugh. it's true. I don't think it's that. I my social media person. Now I'm thinking about this way too much. Oh, this is to be in the episode. <laughs> I've wrecked her now. But I, I just think like I think I think I constantly. We'll think. I'll talk about this later. I just I'm constantly thinking. Yes. And like, that's also why I, my brain yeah. does not stop. So that's also, I feel like why in person, maybe I'm not as like free or like, Bleh. it's because yeah. like, I have thousands of things. Going
0: yeah. To. I can't, I cannot wait till we address this on another episode yeah. because we're going to get dig deep because yeah. I working with you has been amazing and it's not even been that long. And I'm always like, I sometimes feel like I wish that you weren't my daughter so that I could, because when I'm bragging to you about, it, I brag to you to Tom, your dad. <laughs> and I'm like, she's so amazing. You should see what she did. And like, she does this stuff. It's so innate to her. And I feel like, I wish I wasn't talking about you because I feel like he's just thinking, oh, that's just because she's your daughter. <laughs> you know? And the truth is, no. I'm just like, truly, objectively, sometimes when you come up with these strategies or you look at someone's account and you can audit it in two minutes, it is a talent. And it just... I, I, then I kick myself because everything you write, it's like, oh yeah, that's obvious. Like <laughs> I, I would never have thought of it. I wouldn't have been able to break it down the way you do and so concisely. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Tell I me think more. you need to know it <laughs> <laughs> for real. Thank so, you anyway. So thank you for agreeing to come and work with me because it has been, it has been so far. And now being to that we're together on the West Coast this week, it has been even more exciting to be in the same room with you, working together and being able to collaborate. So.
1: Mwah. So what has been the best part of your social media journey?
0: I'm going to say that um, surprisingly, I wasn't expecting this, but surprisingly, the teaching aspect and the whole idea that I have students, quote, students, (laughs) followers who depend on me has been the most rewarding part. And when I see in the comments, and I talk about this a lot, and I just, I don't want to get misty about it, but (laughs) when I see in the comments, somebody who says, I was Never going to post on social media until I saw your content, or I posted the first video ever because I watched you and you gave me the confidence to do it. Look, I'm getting like teary now. you this are' is, like embarrassing. <laughs> it's a good thing we're only on audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but I really feel that I was meant to do this, and it's the most rewarding thing I could have anticipated, truly. Yours truly.:
1: Helen and Julie.) <laughs>
0: Did we have fun? We had so much fun. First episode in the books. First episode in the books. This was really a good time. You know what I noticed? Even Elliot, our engineer, was smiling. So I think that's a good sign (laughs) that we did okay. (laughs) And I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sharing. And we have lots more coming up, so please stay tuned and get ready for the next one. And lastly, I'll say, don't forget to follow us on our channel. So I am at The Mothership with a U on TikTok. Julie is at Truly Julie without an E, so it's T R U L Y J U L I. And together we are HelloSocialize.com, working to bring you all the teachings, the trends, the creative forecasts weekly to share with you so that you can make your content journey easier. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Peace out.